always enjoy our fellowship. Uh, invite you. We have a couple birthdays. Uh, our son Alex and then Todd, uh, both having birthdays today or, or this week, I should say. And uh, so invite you to some cake and uh, other things after service to continue our fellowship. Going to transition the young people now, uh, uh, K through fifth grade. We have an experience tailored towards them uh, during the f- middle part of our worship experience. So if they want to follow Miss Whitney, yep, she's over there. Um, also, we have preschool uh, daycare, um, uh, nursery care available for the younger kids. Uh, they'll come back before the end of worship. A couple things I uh, need to tell you about. Obviously, uh, I'm wearing a shirt with a small green monster on it. Just ignore that for the most part. Um, you'll, I guess it will make sense when you eat the cupcakes later tonight. Uh, we did have quite an uh, incident here. The, pretty much the west side of the building is, is considerably destroyed um, from the sprinkler system um, breaking and flooding. So uh, we encourage you to, um, we, there's nothing really we can do right now, um, but we do encourage you to uh, stay in touch. And if we need help, we will try to make a, a call for that. Uh, as we try to um, figure out what's going on there and how we can repair that and work with um, the conference that um, uh, owns and operates the building. So uh, please be in prayer, uh, especially for Jeff, who is kind of caught in between the middleman, um, between uh, uh, everything in the building. So um, please uh, please be in prayer for that. Um, and, and don't go to that side of the building right now, too. Um, those bathrooms are, are not um, being able to be used right now. So do encourage you. Uh, the next couple weeks, we have some cool things happening. Uh, our friends from Centennial United Methodist, Centennial Broadway, their choir is coming to do a Christmas cantata. Uh, we know that uh, our own Jamie uh, Cross hates Christmas music, so um, I thought it would be great. No. <laughs> I kid. I love. It's because I love. It's, cause, it's, cause I, it's because of the love that I have for you. No, I, I'm not a big fan either. You know that. But um, no, uh, what? Yeah, Jen, my wife loves Christmas music. So if you want to, we can just come into our car and listen to the Christmas music. <coughs> but uh, we, we had a nice opportunity because uh, the, the real reason is we had something planned at our worship meeting last year for next Sunday, and we really uh, had no idea what it was supposed to be about. So we didn't really have a, a topic or a theme for next week. Um, and I got a call from the Russes saying the Centennial Choir might be willing to come in. So they're going to come and present their Christmas cantata. So that will be um, some more traditional Christmas music. Uh, and we will enjoy that, um, even though we would always enjoy the New Life Band playing music that is Christmas-themed or not Christmas-themed. Um, we will have something different next week um, uh, and uh, give them a week off. Uh, 14th, my parents are coming here with their illusion show. A wonderful time to... Um, I'm sorry. Um, I love you. I, yeah, I, I don't get much of that, so. I'm not begging for that, um, but I, I just wanted, wanted her to st- stop staring at me um, with, the, with the angry eyes. Uh, that would be good. I, I do encourage you, December 4th, which is Wednesday, is our church conference. It would be the first church conference New Life has had. Uh, what this is, it's a time to celebrate what, the, uh, what our, our larger United Methodist Church is doing. It's a time to celebrate what we have done and a time to look to our next year of ministry. And we're doing some cool things. So I encourage you to be here 7 p.m. Um, next Wednesday. It's just going to be a good time of celebration. You will not 
want to miss that. Um, uh, I, I should have told the ushers to come forward and uh, collect the tithes and offerings here. As I do that, uh, gentlemen, um, if you got one of these last week and filled it out, this is just a card to estimate giving for next year. Uh, we really want to get a good estimate for what we can have here from this congregation, uh, from our people here. So I do encourage you, um, fill one of these out. If you didn't get one of these last week, there are some sitting outside on one of the tables. Take that home. Think about what you might give, your estimated giving for next year. Um, uh, we've been looking at the books again. We're probably going to this year spend between one hundred and twenty dollars and $130,000. This congregation will probably have come up with about seventy, um, maybe close to $80,000 at the end of this year. Um, and we were able to uh, kind of bridge that gap with support from um, our conference and Roscoe. That is no longer going to be the case next year. We do not have any guaranteed support. Um, your staff and people uh, from, from your teams are looking at ways to kind of bridge that gap, but we want the most accurate, uh, the most accurate um, kind of number we can have to figure out what we need to look at and what we need to do to raise some of that money. This is going to be a kind of a make or break year for us um, because this is going to be the first year we're basically on our own, even though we're, we're looking at some other options. Um, uh, this is going to be, this is gonna be a, a year that we all need to get involved in that. So I encourage you. Uh, we talked about giving a lot a couple weeks ago. encourage you, if you didn't get on that, you can kind of get the theology behind that. Um, you know, but, but if you've been here a while and you've been invested and you want new life to succeed and, and you've not been invested financially, uh, just make, make some commitment. If it's $5 a week, um, you know, if it's a uh, dollar a week, uh, whatever it is, nothing is too small, nothing is unimportant. We really want everyone to just step up and invest in some way into our congregation because we want to be here um, for years to come and we really want to continue to do the kind of impactful ministry we're doing. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll try to be as open and honest about that as we can. Um, and, and also we're looking, believe us, we're looking for other ways to kind of get through this next year and the next couple of years to kind of bridge this gap from um, you know, $80,000 of support two years ago to uh, 40000 this year to nothing next year. It's a big drop. Uh, and we don't expect that to come out of your pockets or, or, or our pockets collectively um, overnight. So um, we are looking at other avenues, but we want everyone to step up and to support the congregation as much as they can. So I appreciate um, any gifts you have given, any gifts you continue to give. Uh, thank you for that, uh, and we'll continue to do that. So let's have a word of prayer as we begin our uh, time finally, uh, finishing our uh, treasures of the transformed life. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we invite you into this place, into this time, into this moment. Just send your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us truly uh, have hearts and minds that are open to receive your word. Help us understand how we are called um, into each of these commitments, into each of these treasures, and uh, truly um, allow us to be open to what you have to say to us individually and us as a congregation. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, I was going to start tonight with uh, um, an illustration, but I, I didn't bring what I was going to illustrate, so that's going to not be very easy, is it? Um, so I'm going to ask, and maybe the Holy Spirit will provide. Does anybody have a piece of bubblegum? Just actual bubblegum-flavored bubblegum. Bubblegum-flavored? Did you just take it out of your mouth? <laughs> now, it, well, is it bubblegum-flavored chewing gum? By any chance? Okay. Well, it's not going to work because we know what flavor it is. That's the problem. 
Well, I'll, I'll try to explain this the best I can, and I apologize because that, that's not going to work real well. Um, there's a couple. Well, let's, let's take about, about this. Um, uh, let, yeah, let, let's do another. We, I, can, I don't have to use bubble gum. Um, I, I need two volunteers. The first, well, hold on. I, 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 I would love, I, I would have loved to use um, my, my nephews and nieces, but I'm going to use something that's maybe not bubblegum now. Um, so uh, that's going to be a little more difficult. Um, the first volunteer needs to be able to drink coffee. Yes. Um, Tyler, if that's okay with your mother, you are more than welcome to come up and, and drink. Okay, so Jamie's going to come up and be my taster. Um, and, and the other volunteer needs to be able to uh, have ears and listen. Okay, Marchie, come. Mar- Marchie volunteered. Have, have Marchie come up here. Uh, okay, this, this works with a couple of things. Um, so, so why don't go stand by, Jamie. Uh, thank you. I appreciate your volunteering. It's good. S- I know. I appreciate it. It's good service, <laughs> even, even after those mean things that I said. So tonight we're talking about witness. Witness is the final treasure of the transformed life. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and now witness. And witness is tough. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about witness, what witness is. But, but witness can be difficult because what we're talking about in witnessing is sharing how Christ has brought us new life. And that can be difficult. And, and it's, it's as difficult as explaining uh, what coffee tastes like. So Margie, I need you to do this. You, you have had coffee before. I need you to um, close your eyes and, and re, um, uh, just reprogram your mind for a minute to say that I've never tasted coffee. Just assume, just kind of get back in a mindset, I have never had coffee, ever. Never heard of it, never tasted it. I understand it is a liquid and I understand you drink it, but I have no conception of what it tastes like. Now, with that in mind, so you're set. No, I have no idea what coffee is. Jamie, I want you to take a drink of this fine hilltop coffee. It's hot. And I want you to describe what it tastes like to Margie. So you cannot say it tastes like cream or sugar. Yeah. If Margie had never had coffee, she would not be running out to have some now. So what does it, what does it taste like? That's good. Good start. It's liquid. It's hot. It's difficult. No. 
Yeah, we should have used tree bar. It's a little woody. Hint, hints of almonds. It, it is difficult, it is it not? Yes, it is difficult. Yes, it tastes like coffee. And, and bubble gum, for those who, actual bubble gum flavored bubble gum, it tastes like bubble gum because we call it bubble gum flavored bubble gum. Uh, and it is difficult to explain what it is. So thank you. Thank you. You know, win a prize. It is, it would be almost, I mean, unless you're an expert coffee drinker, you can kind of taste the subtle differences. Yeah, well, then we'll do that next, next time. Uh, chew, chewing coffee. Um, that's delicious. So our relationship with God, that's what we've been talking about, how we can commit to God. Our relationship with God is, is kind of um, the same thing. It, it, it can be very difficult to describe. It can be difficult to tell someone else what it is about this relationship that's so special, what it is about this new life that, that's different than, than life before. And given all of that, we are called to be witnesses of the good news of Jesus Christ. So it's hard to explain, yet Jesus says, go out and make disciples. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to try to understand a little bit about what witnessing is and hopefully make it a little easier to live that out in the world. Now, to commit to being a witness, um, uh, witnessing may not be the term that we're necessarily familiar with. Uh, one, of, one of the terms we use for this commitment is evangelism. Uh, and that's got some, some pretty tough things. Sometimes we call it uh, sharing your story. Jesus called the early disciples to be fishers of men. So all of that's kind of the same thing. Um, and, and there's a lot of other words. But this word witness is one that we chose a, as, a congregate, as, a, as a United Methodist Church whole because it's a very important, important word. The term is actually used in Scripture over a hundred times, notably by Jesus, the disciple Peter, and the apostle Paul. Now just to be clear, the de- dif- uh, dictionary definition of witness is one who can give a first-hand account of something seen, heard, or experienced. As we approach Christmastide, we remember and we share the story about Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph were witnesses to the birth of Christ, along with some sheep and a little drummer boy and some other folks who were there. I think there was a Christmas penguin. I, the story changes. Year to, I'm glad somebody thought that was funny. The Christmas penguin? No, nobody else. Uh, okay, well, on Easter morning, Mary was the first witness, a different Mary, to uh, experience the resurrection of Jesus. And she shared that account with the disciples who became witnesses themselves. But witnesses are often used in uh, court terminology, so we need to make sure we understand what a witness is and what a witness is not in this context. First, a witness, and I think we have this up on the screen, a witness is not an expert. You do not have to be an expert to be a witness. A lot of people shy away from witnessing because they don't think they know everything about the Bible or Scripture or the Gospel. In the court system, in the legal system, an expert witness is called who has particular skill or particular expertise in a certain study, a field of study, or insight into a case. We are not called to be expert witnesses we are called to be witnesses where we are with the gifts and the graces that we have 
We're never called to be more than who we are and more that God has given us. God can use us wherever we are. God uses us in the relationships we have. So you don't have to have all the answers. Next, witnesses are not called to sway the jury. Now, in the legal system, witnesses are called to sway the, prose- or sway the jury towards the prosecution or sway the jury towards the defense. They're, they're called to get sympathy for one side or the other. Our call of witnesses or being witnesses of the good news of Jesus Christ is not to convince someone, but to share, to witness what we have so that they can experience it themselves. And the person who is responsible for uh, doing the work of, of the uh, advocation is the Holy Spirit. We have a great lawyer in the Holy Spirit who does the work of conviction and transformation. We are called to be witnesses, not to uh, be prosecutors or uh, legal analysts. And, and finally, it's not all or nothing. Uh, a lot of us have this kind of, I think, insight when we go to witness, when we go to share our story, that we just got to throw it all out there. Um, you know, we knock on the door and we say, hey, listen, do you know the good news of Jesus Christ? It's not an all or nothing situation. You know, we believe in relationships and we need believe that this comes out over a long period of time, that we need to be witnesses with our lives, with our actions, with our words, and that can take uh, many years. Some people spend decades witnessing to family or friends, to people in their lives, uh, and that's okay. Uh, we need to be ready um, to be in relationship with people. So what is witnessing? So, so when we're talking about being a witness, what are we really talking about? Well, first, it's about being or, or giving your testimony. You have to share your story. That, that is what witness Uh, witnessing means a testimony is simply an honest account of what you have seen what you've heard and what you've experienced so when you witness you simply share from your heart Uh, many of you have shared powerful testimonies right here uh, on saturday night and and shared how how christ has changed your life uh, how this holy spirit's working in your life uh, how how your relationship with god is growing but it doesn't have to be rehearsed or performed it's simply a sharing day by day wherever we are uh, and sharing how the good news of Jesus Christ has impacted you uh, to someone else. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We're going to get to that, I think. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, no, we we have to have some conviction and we're going to come to that. Uh, come to that later actually so uh, don't jump too far too far ahead it also means being an eye witness all right i can be a witness to the birth of jesus because i've read the story and i've read firsthand accounts of the birth of jesus and i i can believe them and i can share those but i was not there i was not an eye witness to the story but i am an eye witness to my own life i am an eye witness to what god has done in my life. So you can't witness, you can, but it's not impactful if you witness to someone else's story. If you share someone else's story, we do that on TV a lot. Oprah does that a lot. They share other people's stories and we read books about other people's stories and that's great. But if you really want to impact people, they need to see that you have been changed and they need to hear your eyewitness testimony. And finally, it's about letting the jury decide for themselves. In Luke 9:23 Jesus says, "All who want to come after me must not um, 
uh, must say no to themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. You can't make that decision for anyone else. You can't force someone to follow Christ. You can't force someone to deny themselves. You have to share your story and continue to be a witness in your life and let them make the decision. It's their choice. There's nothing you can do to make someone have a relationship with God. We are called to be witnesses and walk alongside those who have yet to make that commitment. Now, I want to read a passage, a great passage of Scripture we don't read often, from the book of Acts. And this is Peter and John speaking, witnessing, in a very bad situation. They were actually being put on trial, uh, and they could have particularly lost their lives. Now, Peter would have eventually lost his life for doing just that, as would many of the other disciples. But here they are, um, basically on trial, after they had healed a sick man. They were being put on trial. So here's what happens. This is a little longer than we normally read, but I think it's an important important story, and, and it has several things that we need to kind of touch on when it comes to being an effective witness. Uh, so if, if you have your Bibles, uh, Acts, the Acts of the Apostle, which is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees confronted them. They were incensed that the apostles were teaching the people and announcing that the resurrection of the dead was happening because of Jesus. They seized Peter and John, put them in prison until the next day. Many who had heard the word became believers, and their number grew to be about 5,000. The next day, the leaders, elders, legal experts, all gathered in Jerusalem, along with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and asked, by what power or in what name did you do this miracle? Then Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, answered, Leaders of the people and elders, are we being examined today because something good was done for a sick person, a good deed that healed him? If so, then you and all the people of Israel need to know that this man stands healthy before you because of the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, but whom God has raised from the dead. This is Peter the fisherman, remember? This Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. He has become the cornerstone. Salvation can be found in no one else. Throughout the world, no other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved. Now the council was caught off guard by this, by the confidence which Peter and John spoke. After all, they understood that these apostles were uneducated and inexperienced. They also recognized that they had been followers of Jesus. However, since the healed man was standing with Peter and John before their own eyes, they had no way to rebuke them. After ordering them to wait outside, the council members began to confirm with each other. What should we do with these men? Everyone living in Jerusalem is aware of the sign performed through them. It's obvious to everyone we can't deny it. To keep it from spreading further among the people, we need to warn them not to speak to anyone in this name. So they called Peter and John back, and they demanded that they stop speaking and teaching in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John responded, It's up to you to determine whether it's right before God to obey you rather than God. As for us, 
we cannot stop speaking about what has been seen and heard. They threaten them further, but then release them. Because of public support for Peter and John, they could not find a way to punish them. Everyone was praising God for what this had happened because the man who had experienced a sign of healing was over 40 years old. Peter and John are put on trial. They could have just kept their mouth shut, but they could not stop witnessing to the name and the power of Jesus Christ. I wanted to share this story because it gives us a guideline for how we should witness, not just in situations that are life and death, but in situations that we come across every single day in every relationship we have. So there are, there are five things that I kind of got from this, and we'll go through them quickly. They're going to be on the screen too. They all start with C. As you know, I like to keep things in the same kind of alphabet categories. So uh, they all start with C, which is convenient. The first key to being an effective witness that we learn about here is companionship. Remember, it's not Peter being on trial. It's Peter and John. They are witnessing together. And not just by themselves. Remember, it said they were inspired when Peter spoke. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So when we witness, witnessing is not something we need to do by ourselves. We witness with the Holy Spirit as our advocate. We witness with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in the church. And the church together is a great witness to our world. Second, communication. Peter and John didn't give a lecture or a long speech. They were clear and concise. This is Jesus Christ who has done this. It's in His name. When they asked what name was performed, they just responded, Jesus is the stone who you rejected, but He's become the cornerstone. Peter and John were not academics. They, they weren't good orators in the Greek and Roman traditions. They, they, they were fishermen. They were simple men. But they spoke plainly, they spoke clearly, and everyone understood what they had to say. Thirdly, it was their confidence. I love this. The council was caught by surprise because of the confidence that Peter and James had. We have to be confident in who we are. We have to be confident in what we have to say. If we truly believe that we've been transformed in new life in Jesus Christ, we need to be confident about it. Not shy away from it. Not be afraid of it. Fourthly, is their credibility. Now, it's very simple for them. They were saying, well, we healed the man. They weren't saying they did it, but they said, by the power of Jesus Christ, this man has been healed, and that man was standing right next to them. So the authorities couldn't say, well, that hadn't happened. They had a credible and credibility there with them now we have to do the same thing i'm not saying we we go out and heal a blind person and bring them i mean if you can do that that's going to go a long way i think but if you can't do that yet or or, or you don't have the gifts to do that um i believe some people do but i uh, i don't think most of us do uh, we have to be credible in the way we live the way we speak the way we act you are the proof the credibility of transformation if you are saying, I am a new person in Jesus Christ, and the person who you're talking to says, well, you're still the same that you were 10 years ago, you're not a very credible witness. So if Jesus Christ has transformed your life, you need to be the proof 
the credibility in that situation. Finally, conviction. And this is what Todd was talking about earlier. They had conviction. When they were told to stop talking about Jesus, they couldn't stop. They said, as for us, we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. You have to believe what you're saying. And it has to be true in your heart. Or else it's meaningless. It can't be a witness if you don't believe that it's happened. Don't bear false testimony, I guess is what I'm saying. The Bible says that quite often. It has to be in your heart. Completely true. Now you can't really explain what coffee tastes like. But you can give someone a cup of coffee and say, try it for yourself. And that's what we're called to do. Our witnessing is not only sharing the story, it's not only talking, it's about living and being proof, but it's also about inviting people into a community that can witness to them. And so we need to continue to do that. We need to bring people along for this ride we call new life and invite them to taste and see what it's all about. Now, at this, we, as we kind of finish up this series and, and we conclude treasures, I encourage you, you know, uh, over this Advent season, over this Christmas season, pray and think and consider how can I commit to my relationship with God by my prayers and my presence and my gifts and my service and my witness. What can I do? You know, we talk about New Year's resolutions a lot. Uh, Make some resolutions in your commitment with God. And say, in my relationship with God in 2014, I am going to do this. I'm going to pray this many times a week or this many times a day. I am going to be uh, in worship this many weeks a year. I'm going to serve in this way. I'm going to give this much. I'm going to share my story with at least this many individuals. Make the commitment. Put it on paper. Write it on your wall. Put it on your refrigerator so that you can be reminded that this is a commitment that I've made to God because God is completely committed to you and has offered you quite a bit. And I think at the end of the day, you might just find that these treasures not only lead to transformation in your own lives, but lead to transformation in the lives of others and the lives of our community. Amen. I invite you again to uh, continue to fellowship after worship with us. I invite you to uh, continue to think how you might... um, serve and support this congregation. I just want to say something as we transition. Uh, and, and I say it on a regular basis, and I hope you know it's true, but uh, one of these gifts that we talk about, of course, prayer. I want you to know that I pray for uh, the members of this congregation. I, I want you to know that I pray for, I, I think, everybody in this room by name. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I get paid to be here, so I'm here on a regular basis and you know jennifer and i what we give financially we've shared that uh but i want you to know in terms of service that that both jennifer and i and our family we are here to serve you in whatever way you feel is appropriate and and i can't um when i was single i let's put it this way and and i worked in the church and i you know i worked 40 50 hours a week i could anticipate what the needs of others were 
I'm no longer in that position. And I apologize. My children take up much, much of my free time, and I am honored to give them every moment I can and my family every moment I can, and I would expect that you do nothing but the same. But I want you to know that I will make time for you if you tell me. I can't guess. I'm not a mind reader. Thank God. That would be disturbing, I'm sure. But we want you to know we are here to serve you. If you want, if you're in the hospital and you want me to come and pray, tell me. If you want to get to know our family better, invite us over for dinner. Everybody eats. Some of us more than others. It's not the most flattering shirt that I'm wearing tonight. Whatever is appropriate, whatever you think is a way that we can serve you, believe me, we would be happy to serve you in that way or any way. But I want you to know that I can't anticipate what that is unless I know that you've told me. Uh, and I would expect that you serve each other in the same way. That if you truly need something, now I, I just truly believe in this place, in this congregation, as small as we are, uh, as gifted as we are, that if there was a need and you came and you said, I need help from my new life family, that this family would be here to help you and to support you and love you. And I know that's already happened and it continues to happen. Um, but but don't, don't sit back and don't go away and don't be at home for, for three, four, six weeks and say, well, why hasn't anyone called me? Uh, why, why isn't anyone checking in on me? Those are games we can't afford to play. And we, we like to play games in church sometimes. And that's not the kind of church I think we are. So be honest and open. Continue to serve each other. Continue to pray for each other. Continue to be present. You know, not just here on Saturday night, but emotionally spiritually present for one another. Continue to be generous to one another. And continue this last thing. Witness to one another, even the people in this room. Some of us are on the mountaintop right now. Some of us are in a valley. Some of us are on a plain. And we all need to witness to each other so that we can constantly, constantly be uplifted, encouraged, and transformed daily. So let us pray as we uh, experience witness from our band and our worship, truly be present in this moment. Open our minds. Let's especially just remember those who cannot be here. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for the many gifts we have. We thank you for uh, our time with family this week, our time with friends. We just ask that if there was anyone who was alone, we, we know we reach out to them. We offer grace to them. We invite them to be part of our family. Lord, we thank you for our new life family. We just ask that you continue to help us to commit to you and to one another so that we can experience new life in your son, Jesus Christ, each day, every day, that we can continue to grow continue to flourish, continue to be transformed by these treasures which you have set out before us. Be with all of those who are lost and those who are alone, those who are in need. Be with those who lead our world, our nation. 
help all of the leaders of institutions, great and small, all of the leaders of families and workplaces, help them lead in a way that serves. Help them lead in a way that brings people to new life, to your kingdom. Lord, we ask that you just bless all of those who serve. We especially just lift up our brothers and sisters and our southern counties that have been affected. We know and we are affirmed that our brothers and sisters in Christ were there on the scene, that we've been supporting them. And that when it's spoken of, people say it was those people from church, it was those people from the Methodist denomination, it was those people who are Christian who came and who helped. Lord, be with all of our military men and women, those overseas and those at home. Help us serve them in ways as they serve us. Be with all those who serve at home, our firefighters, our police officers, those emergency personnel, those who are working on our highways in these times of winter and storms. Be with those who serve us at the grocery store, at our favorite restaurant, those who serve us in our family. Help us be servant leaders in all that we do. Lord, most of all, just be with your church. Make us one as you are one. Make us holy as you are holy. Bring us together so that we may be collectively a witness, a body to this community and to this world, a light to all nations. We pray in your holy name. Amen.